We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the April 27th edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. It is today, draft day. Uh, obviously excited about that. Plenty of coverage on the RotoWire site for the NFL draft itself and fantasy implications. We'll discuss all that and more as well, too. But specifically for this show, as we're uh, hopefully having you guys listen to this driving uh, home from work or whatever else ahead of the NFL draft, we're talking prop bets uh, across all the major platforms and everything else like that. Different prop bets. Already some positive uh, odd changes, at least in the article that I wrote uh, yesterday, which is up on RotoWire. We got more for uh, Jim as well, too. So let's hit the music, then we'll get right into it. Hey, welcome in everyone again. Uh, the April 27th edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. I'm Joe Barlow. Alongside me, as always, every Wednesday, but in this case, Thursday, is Jim Coventry. Uh, you can follow me at Jim Coventry NFL. Last couple of weeks, been talking about Jim's uh, top draft memes for everyone. Thankfully, we are here. We, we are at draft day uh, and finally able to dive in. Over the next three days, you're going to get uh, any day with tons of fantasy coverage. Obviously, we hope we're going to be part of that equation for you guys. We're going to have a live YouTube show for day one. We're going to have content, articles, notes going live for every single player picked over the course of the next three days. Lots to talk about. Um, but from a betting perspective, Jim, I'm excited because this has felt like a tumultuous lead up to day one of the NFL draft. And just hours before the draft, it still feels like, other than Bryce Young, who we, we had that wavering period of uh, Will Levis as number one earlier yesterday morning, thanks to a Reddit post. Uh, since that point forward, it's it's really been Bryce Young as the guy at number one. And after that, lots and lots to talk about and lots up in the air. Oh, my gosh. Insane. But the usual. The smoke screens and mm -hmm. where stuff's coming from all over the place. All I can tell you is whatever you think you know, whatever I think I know, we know nothing. We might know Bryce Young is probably going number one. He probably could be confident. But after that, it is going to be a blast. Yeah, I uh, I have a couple of uh, Culver's board bets here at the Rotoware office that Bryce Young does not go number one overall. Um, so as much as I love Culver's meals, I hate paying them uh, for my uh, co-workers. That seems like that's going to be a foregone conclusion. As of right now, he was listed as my, uh, minus 1,600 on DraftKings for the number one overall spot. Oh, oh it's even Just higher. 5,000 live right now. Whoa. I drafted. Oh, I okay. Yeah, so there you go. It's uh, it's it's pretty much a stone cold long <laughs> again. We had that period yesterday, um, again, Wednesday, where Will Levis, who was about plus 4,000 odds to go number one, there was a Reddit post saying that Will Levis was going to be, or had been telling friends and family, he was the number one overall pick. 
Uh, that shot, uh, his odds as number one overall selection to like, I think plus 400 was the best I saw at some point yesterday morning. Then he made a comment later on in the day saying, uh, yeah, don't believe everything you read on the internet. No, duh. Uh, and here <laughs> we are, young, likely number one overall based on what Jim just said, minus 5,000 odds yes. for the number one overall spot. Panthers, of course, traded up for that uh, a number of weeks ago. It's really the what happens at number two that I think is going to be interesting for most people. So you've been doing you know, the SiriusXM show, Jim. You've had multiple different podcasts, guest appearances over the course of this week. I know you've accumulated a lot of different bets uh, and ideas and uh, hot takes, but not hot takes because I know that's something you're doing, but just takes uh, overall. Is the number two overall pick among that group for you in terms of the betting prospect? So interesting enough, and, and look, we don't know, but here's what we're looking. Yesterday, I definitely was going C.J. Stroud at plus 330 at the two number I'll pick, and I'll explain why in a minute. He's down to 285, which means that's gaining. Minus little, 285 or plus no, 285? No, plus, plus 285, okay, okay. yes. All right. So uh, so plus 330, now plus 285. So it's actually a little more leverage has gone toward him. I don't necessarily think the Texans are going to take him. They may, but I think there are going to be one or two teams that would like him and would be willing to trade up to jump other teams that may also be interested. And that is the one thing we need to understand. I believe seven or eight teams in this draft want a quarterback and Stroud is going to be on somebody's board as the guy they want. So I do, even at plus 285, I do like taking um, some action on him as the number two overall pick. Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting concept. We've heard um, reports today specifically that the Titans have been looking to trade up, whether it be to number two, number three. We know the Texans don't want to pick here. I think that's, that's fairly certain that uh, if it's up to their choice and they get the right draft capital, they will gladly trade at the number two spot. I, I really think they're going to end up staying. Um, and we're going to do the live show on YouTube uh, discussing day one. I don't, I don't know what our slots are, are necessarily designated for people. Maybe maybe it'll be you and I uh, doing the top 10. I'm not sure where it ends up going. But if if it is Strata number two to the Texans, um, to the, the Texans specifically, not whoever's trading up, I think that's the right idea. Like That's the right landing spot. You and I talked last week that they should not forego taking a quarterback just because they're banking up being part of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And yet it, it, we still don't, and again, we, we are hours before the NFL draft and there's no clarity on what they want to do. There's literally no report that says confidently, this is what the Texans have planned for the number two spot. And that is the way it should be. We should not be privy to who is taking whom. <laughs> right. Of course. Right. Uh, we would love that. If that was the case, but uh, that's what makes the betting fun. And, and obviously teams leak certain things because again, they want to create a mirage of a trade market or a value market. And it allows them leverage. Maybe somebody rings their phone and gives them something more than they may have gotten otherwise. So yes, I always call it high poker season. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good point. I had written an article posted yesterday uh, discussing some of the best NFL draft props to target uh, Will Anderson going as the first defensive player selected at the time. It was plus 125 on FanDuel. I believe I saw it's now minus 300 on DraftKings. I would assume probably something similar on FanDuel. We had all this Tyree Wilson news that if the Texans were to stay at number two, they're looking at the uh, the, the freak pass rusher um, and Tyree Wilson. And it never made sense to me. Um, Will Anderson, like I, we hear the, oh, this guy is guaranteed number one overall quarterback next year, in this case, Caleb Williams. And very rarely does that actually happen. I mean, I feel like the last time it was Trevor Lawrence. Before then, I couldn't name the last guy that 
was the quarterback the whole cycle through. Really, it was Andrew Luck. This is the last time that jumps to my mind. That's different for defensive players, though. For the most part, if there is an upper echelon defensive player that's been targeted throughout the year, they stay kind of in that realm. And even though Will Anderson only had 10 sacks for Alabama and they didn't make the playoffs, yada, yada, it, I still feel like he was completely dominant and reinforced what we saw the year prior when he had that 17-sack season. A lot of people were saying he was the number one overall guy over Aiden Hutchinson if they had been in the same draft. So um, your thoughts on Will Anderson as the possible first defense player selected? I do think it's a solid bet you, um, the odds that you have 125. I'm not sure where to find first defensive player. So that's fine enough. And um, anyway, that said, I see Will Anderson as a solid double. And that's good for many teams. Mm-hmm. Many teams drafting are going to want, you want to make sure you don't bust your pick. And so that is why he is the player we're looking at. Tyree Wilson is you're swinging for a home run. And there may be a few franchises willing to do that. I think the majority won't. So I do think it makes better sense to make Will Anderson your first defensive player drafted. Yeah, that's minus 380 right now in DraftKings. If you go to the draft special section, tab over to first non-quarterback drafted. Will Anderson is right there at minus 380. Tyree Wilson is the next closest, plus 350. So um, certainly interesting note. Again, that was that was plus one twenty five yesterday. When there is movement like that, not associated with a Reddit account, uh, I find it very interesting and and typically is very telling of what is to come. So we have number two overall selection. You mentioned C.J. Stroud um, at, at plus two eighty five, right uh, at the moment. Correct. Number two. So then there's the number three spot, which is held by the Cardinals, who theoretically have their franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray. You could debate the merits of that at a different time. It doesn't seem like the Cardinals are really interested in considering a quarterback at this point. So that means they're willing to trade out as well, too. And I think they might be even more desperate than the Texans to trade out, which is to say they might take even a lesser offer, theoretically, uh, for one of those spots. If it is Bryce Young, number one, and C.J. Stroud, number two, that would lead you to Mr. Coffee Man himself, Will Levis, and then Anthony Richardson as the last two quarterbacks of this foursome that appear to be uh, obviously the top options. Do you feel like there is a team that would be willing to trade with the Cardinals all the way up to number three to make sure they get their guy? As I mentioned earlier, and I'll repeat this for the sake of clarity, so teams, seven or eight of them need quarterbacks. And to wait on one is going to be problematic because even if the Colts want to say, oh, we're at four, we're going to wait. But if they want one specific quarterback, somebody could jump them. And with that many teams wanting quarterbacks, it would even be in the Colts' best interest to try to trade him if they want Will Levis. If that's their guy, they want to move up that one spot to make sure they get him, if not move up two spots. So I do believe that Will Levis is – it, again, if Str- we don't know if Stroud's going second, I do think he will, but we don't know. But with Levis, yesterday, to at him to go at pick three, plus 900. Today, plus 475. That's almost been cut in half. So it's more probable today that he goes plus 475. C.J. Stroud actually, though, believe this, Joe, is the favorite to go at number three. He's mm. minus 140. Interesting. Yeah, that is a, that's a, a really good point. And I was looking on, I, I like to use DraftKings for a lot of these things. The third quarterback selected. So again, you, you have the number one, Bryce Young. Number two, CJ Stroud is minus 300 in that category. The third quarterback is pretty evenly split between Anthony Richardson at plus 125 and Will Levis at plus 130. I, you're, you're having to bet on the pick itself if you're saying Will Levis goes at number three, which is why you get a bit more juice. 
But I mean, it, it seems like the sports books are, are pretty split in that regard as to who could be one of those top quarterbacks overall. And I find that really interesting. Um, let's talk about a few, some of our, our favorite other top 10 picks. I've seen a lot of people talk about B. John Robinson going on the top 10, whether it be to the Eagles, who have that 10th overall selection, or the Falcons at number eight. Uh, there's certainly a lot of possibilities. The juice has changed, I think, significantly in that, uh, where he was once like a, a plus 300 favorite to do that. Now he's like, I think, a, a minus, minus 110, 115 range, uh, which, which reinforces the idea that B. John Robinson is the best running back of this class, and at least teams seem to be viewing him that way. But you and I have both identified what I think is – what is the easiest answer to what appears to be a difficult question as what what is going to happen in the most tumultuous draft we've had in a long time? You lean towards the things that have been uh, most valuable in past years. Quarterbacks, obviously. Tackles, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later on too. But secondary players, specifically the cornerbacks. So you had listed um, uh, as a possible top 10 selection, Devon Witherspoon over pick six and a half. So I'm curious is that what the idea that you think Witherspoon is falling past the top 10 or just over that six and a half range? I think he, the corners could go seven and eight. Okay, I know that's where I'm at too. Yeah, I think that's where we're looking at them. So I do like that. And I think when we make that pick, I think we do know quarterbacks are going to go early. I think last year they got pushed back, but I think there's more buy-in, especially on the top three. And at that point, a lot of apparently, I think about I'm gonna say a good portion of the teams will have Witherspoon as their second corner after Gonzalez. Now, some will have Witherspoon first, but I think there's enough uncertainty there where we can take that market. And I'm gonna see if I can find where his current number is at. I actually, so, I actually have that for you. So, right now, at least on DraftKings, Witherspoon as the first cornerback selected is minus 300. Christian Gonzalez is at plus 250. I had wrote on my article yesterday that I liked Christian Gonzalez under pick eight and a half, which was on DraftKings at the time at minus 120. But the idea was you're taking Gonzalez, who's the six foot one cornerback, because he fits more of the prototypes of the NFL as opposed to the 5'11 Devon Witherspoon. That was plus 180. I think the odds have changed more so in Devon Witherspoon's favor. Obviously, we had mentioned the first overall quarterback. That was about a 70 point or 70 overall difference. Uh, for Gonzalez right now at plus 250 than his plus 180 yesterday. I'd be curious though in the over-unders, which is the draft matchup section, um, typically, or the draft position, I'd push, I should say, I still have Witherspoon uh, under six and a half. So you have him over. Under six and a half is now at minus 250. So yes. plus 200 for over uh, six and a half. And that doubled since yesterday because yesterday Witherspoon over pick six and a half was plus 105. Like you said, plus 200 now. So you are getting more odds. Obviously, the market thinks they disagree with my call. They agree more with your call on that. So we'll see how that one goes. But again, I, I do think there could be four quarterbacks. If four quarterbacks go with the first five picks, the odds of Witherspoon going the, you know before that are going to be tough. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because you have the Lions at six, Raiders at seven, Falcons at eight. Um, it's very possible the Falcons or Raiders would consider a quarterback if a C.J. Stroud or Richardson or Levis were to fall to them. But if you're saying all four are going top four, which you know, I don't know, I, the odds of that happening seem very unrealistic to me, but they maybe do. maybe that is the case, right? So um, then you'd say, okay, yeah, the Lions probably, especially if they trade away Jeff Akuda, they have a need at quarterback, even though it's not one of the top ones. 
the Raiders have lots of needs all over defensively, mm-hmm. but if edge guys like Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson are gone, uh, they don't want to draft a tackle, then yeah, you, you would go cornerback as well. And they've been searching for a, a stud corner for a while. And the Falcons, the same thing. They've been building the secondary quite a bit. So my idea with Christian Gonzalez or Devon Witherspoon for that instance is there are multiple teams that could use a corner. And if we're guessing on where these quarterbacks are going, the assumption for me is let's make sure what typically has been a value position cornerback will likely go top 10. And I like both Christian Gonzalez and Devon Witherspoon to go in that range. Again, uh, under pick eight and a half for Christian Gonzalez uh, was minus 120 yesterday. You can get Christian Gonzalez right now for first corner. I think you and I are, are do you like Christian Gonzalez too as the first corner, Jim? You know what? I actually had Witherspoon a bit ahead of him. Okay. But again, the size issue is important. And if a team is espousing themselves to that, then that would be the little bump that he needs. I, I see it as a 50-50, though. I'm not so convinced that somebody couldn't talk me into Gonzalez over him. It's close. Yeah, and and I, I'm right there with you. It was I had mentioned under eight and a half more so for Christian Gonzalez because I think multiple teams will value cornerback, especially at that spot. Not not running back, not tackle per se. The edge guys that you'd take that high would already be gone in my scenarios. Um, but yeah, I mean, Devon Witherspoon uh, as a top corner, Christian Gonzalez. You have the Banks corner as well too, who who has been rising up the ranks. The secondary, at least from the first round perspective, actually feels um, better than it has been in past years. And I know we had like the Trent McDuffie's last year kind of rise to be late first round picks. I think the guys that are going to be t- uh, taken in the next couple hours are are relevant super good starters, um, kind of like the the Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn draft. We had both those guys' top 10 selections. I think that's kind of what we're looking at for the defense guys right now. Um, l- let's let's also get one more top 10 selection here. So you had Nolan Smith under 10.5 right now, obviously the freak pass rusher from Georgia. That was plus odds. Jim, do you know right now where we're at with Nolan Smith at the moment in terms of where his value might be as a top 10 selection? So under pick 10.5, he's now plus 160. Yesterday, he was plus Plus 110. 110. Yes. So it's been a little significant jump. A lot of these markets are really tightening up here. And so I do think, look, edge rusher is such a premium position and – it's close on the 10 picks. And really, right. if B. John Robinson gets in that top 10, that makes it tougher throwing another player in there. It's going to make it difficult. I don't think we're going to see a receiver in the top 10. So I think we're safe there. And, and I think one tackle goes in the top 10. But I think that leaves just enough wiggle room for Smith to get in there. So I do think under pick 10 and a half, he, as rushers are huge. So, yes, I think he's going to squeeze in, but it's going to be close. Yeah, the, the issue really is the tackle part. So we have uh, Paris Johnson right now on DraftKings at minus 450 as the first offensive lineman off the board. Peter Skronsky at plus 500. Uh, if you look at just eagle odds for the number 10 overall pick, it really is split minus 110, minus 115. B. John Robinson and Skronsky uh, at plus 500. Then you have Darnell Wright, who can be a guard or tackle, depending on uh, what team is interested in him at plus 700. And then Broderick Jones at plus 1,000. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but those are really the first four offensive linemen likely off the board in some order. And I think for a lot of people, it is Paris Johnson who seems to have the prototypical body to be a left tackle. Yes, and with Peter Skaronsky, I there are a lot of people saying that he may actually end up being a guard in the NFL. And Too short it, of arms. Yes, yes, significantly. And and the league looks at things like that, so it is important. So, yes, but if, if he is being valued as a potential guard, that is going to knock his draft stock down. 
Yeah, I mean, other than Quentin Nelson, how many times has a guard taken high overall? I think of Jonathan Cooper, I think it was, uh, a long time back. They had the uh, the the, uh, the guard, Wilson, taken by the Titans, but that wasn't a top-10 selection either. You know, if, if it is Peter Skronsky as a guard viewed by the NFL, then there's probably no way in this draft in particular where he is taken in the top-10, which would, to me, only mean Paris Johnson is going to be a, an offensive line selection and further reinforces both our idea with the cornerbacks Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez being top 10 selections, but also an edge rusher, whether it be Tyree Wilson, whether it be uh, Nolan Smith sneaking into that spot, I think is uh, really interesting overall. So I want to take a break and at least get a word from our sponsors here quick. The 2022 season is officially over, but fantasy football season never stops. At Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy football. Right now you can draft an underdog's the big board tournament with $1 million in total prizes and $200,000 given in first place. Think you know which incoming rookies will burst onto the scene in 2023? probably find out tonight. If so, now's your chance to draft them at value. All you have to do is join the big board draft for your fantasy team. That's it. In best ball, there's no waivers, no trades, and you get the best scores in your starting lineup each week of the season. And whoever has the highest score at the end of the season wins, just head to underdogfantasy.com, the app store, or Google Play Store. Sign up with the promo code RWNFL. And not only will you get your first deposit doubled up to $100, but you'll also get hooked up with a free six-month subscription to everything Rotowire has to offer, again, for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code RWNFL. So you won't need to have the subscription uh, to see us live. But, Jim, it's a good time now to talk about what we'll be doing tonight when it comes to the YouTube show. Yes, Rotowire has you covered all weekend, starting as Joe Bartle said. Draft night, 15 minutes before the draft starts. We'll start out. I'll be on with Alan Soslowski. We'll go into the first 15 minutes, probably right when the number one pick is made. And then we'll have Anthony Servino. He's been with the FF Faceoff. He's now with Rotowire. Anthony will be on for the hour after that. Then you'll get two hours of Joe Bartle with me. <laughs> and then we will bring up the end of it with Doug Orth of FF Today. So we are going to have fantasy friendly productions here and so when you're watching this yes we we're going to give you some player traits that you'll see on the main broadcast but we're going to give you that fantasy football angle that you love we're going to tell you how even offensive linemen fit him and we're going to explain how this will impact your fantasy life and that's ultimately what you want and then xm show not doing baseball friday and sunday we are doing draft talk, so you'll want to tune into the XM show. If you have XM channel 87, Fantasy Sports Channel, that'll be on Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern, and then 1 to 3 Eastern on Sunday. I'll be doing that one with Alan Soslowski. Don't miss that. What else we got, Joe Bartle? Yeah, um, you know, special shout out to John McKechnie and Mario Puig, who for the next two days are going to be uh, busily watching twi uh, Twitter, writing notes that are coming in. They'll be covering both day one and day two. Yes. Every draft pick selected will have some fancy analysis for what that means for your team, what that means for, from a fancy perspective. Both John and Mario will have you covered for days one and two. I'll join a, a Motley crew on day three as we get all those picks in succession, uh, rounds four through seven. Day two, We'll have uh, an article, at least posted by me, re recapping all the relevant skill position players uh, on the site, what that means. Over the past couple of years, that's been a, certainly a fun task, a 2,000-plus word task as well. So it takes a little bit to go through all those things. But it's, it's been a really good exercise, at least, when you're really diving into what this means from a fancy perspective. Obviously, all those day one, those round one guys, you're understanding what will probably happen uh, in, in rookie drafts and where they fit in redraft. But I think day two has a lot of ambiguity uh, with that. And I try to help you kind of uncover it. So 
lots and lots of draft coverage over the coming weeks. I'm sorry, coming days. Well, weeks too, probably, but certainly hours uh, to get so. I want to dive into more of these uh, draft props because you have a few more, at least uh, when it comes to the top 15, top 20 or so. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, they're ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S. based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You and I both have a player around the 24 and a half mark that I want to discuss. So you have over pick 24 and a half for Dalton Kincaid, uh, the tight end right now at minus 120. That's really interesting because he's kind of shot up the boards as the tight end over Michael Mayer, the Notre Dame guy, but yet at over minus 120, I'm sorry, over 24 and a half, it's minus 120. So let's talk about that a little bit. The odds changed drastically. There we go. 
plus 200 now to go over. Now, here's my thoughts on Dalton Kincaid. He is going to be an amazing NFL receiving tight end. But this is not Kyle Pitts. Tight ends who are receivers, they are not going in the first round of the NFL draft. You've got to be a three-down tight end, I, my opinion. And Mike Michael Mayer, three-down tight end. Jason Witten Light, maybe. I think Dalton Kincaid does not have that well-rounded profile. I don't see a team investing draft capital in a move tight end at that point. That's my thought. I could be way wrong on this. Um, and I think he's a very good receiver, but I don't think that he's seen as a transcendent player in any way. And I think a tight end who's being taken for what he does, I just don't think that's going to happen. But this is a very flawed draft class, Joe Bartle. So it, with that known, I think some players are going to have better landing spots and they might. I'm still saying over, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, I uh, I mean, we'll be on hopefully together for when the Packers pick at number 13. Uh, if Dalton Kincaid is is the Packer selection, you're going to see me throw things. Uh, you're going to see me kind of stomp around, uh, fume a, a little bit angrily. I, I, I would imagine we'll have some uh, social reactions to whatever my reaction is because I'm going to be very upset. I Pick 13 especially, you shouldn't be taking a tight end. It doesn't feel like that. But if Kyle Pitts can't be a successful tight end from a first-round guy's I, there, there isn't anyone that can be. And, and you can blame the Falcons all you want. I did that same thing with OJ Howard many years ago. Oh, you know, the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians. Like, we just don't have first-round tight ends be successful. That TJ Hawkinson is a success story is because everybody else that gets taken in the first round is absolute garbage. And and fine, Evan Ingram and David Njoku could get their second contracts or whatever else. And Ingram didn't, but he, he got a second contract from the Jaguars. That's that's five plus years away from occurring. There is not value. I would rather have a first round running back at this point, the way the NFL is being played, than I would a first round tight end, whether it be Michael Mayer, whether it be King K. So I, I I agree with you. Uh, I I have made a few bets already uh, on teams being stupid, and that might not pay off. Um, Panthers in particular, I I had maybe placed a bet on Will Levis going number one because that seems like a dumb thing to do. And the Panthers feel like that organization. But for someone to take a tight end very high, it'd be the same prospect for me. And I hope I hope it's not my team. I hope it's not the Packers. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see that the odds have changed so dramatically. Certainly seems to indicate something is on the horizon for that. And this was probably my favorite bet of the article that I posted yesterday. And that the odds have changed so dramatically, I think is a very big positive. You're going to like this one as well too, um, Jim. I had Quinton Johnson under pick 265 on DraftKings at plus 140 yesterday. Right now, today, it's minus 190 yep. to go under 26 and a half. I had mentioned specifically in the article that Johnson going to the Vikings at plus 700 uh, was like my favorite landing spot. It seems like he might go even higher than that if you look at the team specials. Uh, I'm sorry, the draft team specials on on DraftKings, which teams might take players or might take positions specifically. It's uh, Vikings at plus 200 for wide receiver. Like, you know, like that's, that's nice. Uh, if it happens, I think Quentin Johnston might even go before where the Vikings pick at 23. So uh, yeah, that we have minus 190 currently when just yesterday, Quentin Johnston was plus 140 on DraftKings. I think very, very fascinating. You know, the big thing with Quentin Johnston is he is the one receiver in the top five, six, seven, who is that clear, bigger receiver. And many teams in the league who need slot players have already dealt with that. And teams that have dealt with that, they're probably not if they want a receiver. They're not going to probably go after these smaller guys. 
there are teams that need that boundary receiver who could play the X on the opposite side of the tight end at the line of scrimmage, taking on press man. And that need falls to Quinton Johnson. So if somebody wants an X receiver, they're going to probably go Johnston. And I think that's going to happen before pick 26.5. Would love to see him with the Chargers. Yeah, you have um, his him as first receiver selected at plus 800. Has I think that's probably went down even further, right? I would imagine. I'm not going to be able to find that one right now. Okay, I, well, here, we'll, we'll talk about because Zay Flowers uh, is currently the odds on favor to be the number two receiver selected at minus 120, and Quinton Johnson's plus 250. I don't, I, I feel like that's just wrong because I, I completely agree with you. There are only so many boundary receivers, like you mentioned, with Quinton Johnston, and this draft in particular is filled with slot guys and in the middle guys. I, I don't see what the difference is from Zay Flowers to anybody else to day two, not that Zay Flowers is bad, but just that this draft in particular has a lot of those. And I would imagine it's one of the easier positions to fill in the NFL. Not that you can't get ex- excellent guys. Uh, and why I think Jackson Smith and Jigba will still be the first receiver selected, but it, it doesn't make sense to me that Zay Flowers would be valued over a guy like Quentin Johnston when there aren't many Johnstons in this draft and many, many more Zay Flower esque kind of players. You know, I, they're probably not taking him, but if the Lions really wanted to give their offense a boost and they're not going to pick up a pick six. I get that at 18 though. They might at 18. Think about it. You've got Amon Ross St. Brown in the slot. Eventually Jamison Williams. Now look, he's going to be a Z, a fast, fast, fast Z receiver. He's Mm -hmm. not going to be that guy beating up, you know, defensive backs at the line. Well, they need that physical presence at receiver that would give them a diversified offense. And I don't know if they're going to go there, but I could totally see him ending up there. That would be a great landing spot. And realistically, I doubt the Packers would take him. They don't take first round receivers, but Christian Watson with his ultimate speed, it would be a real nice bookend to put across from him. But um, said earlier, chargers be a good landing spot. Even the Ravens. Yeah, if they don't get DeAndre Hopkins, right? That was part of this. We buried buried the lead. Lamar Jackson evidently signed his massive contract extension with the Ravens. It wasn't fully guaranteed money, but um, reports are it's like five years, $250 million with $185 guaranteed. Uh, It would make Lamar Jackson the highest paid player in the NFL uh, if if those numbers are accurate. With all the rumors that DeAndre Hopkins was supposedly going to get traded to the Ravens uh, over the past couple days and certainly hours, that Lamar signed that contract extension tells me that might be the next shoe that falls, but um, we'll see. Maybe that's something we, we break live on the YouTube show or uh, discuss the, the fantasy aspect from it. So uh, I, I agree with you. If, if they don't trade for Hopkins, that would be an interesting landing spot from the Ravens perspective as well, too. You and I actually differ on another part from this. So you have under one and a half running backs selected. It's plus 160 right now. I, I don't know um, if you're familiar with the Jameer Gibbs first round betting odds, but that right now on DraftKings is minus 350. So if you assume Bijan Robinson is going in the first round, which I, I think is almost a, a slam dunk for sure, mm-hmm. that Jamar Gibbs also at minus 350, very interesting as well too. You know, Joe, and, and I completely get it. We see the dynamic receiver, but when I think about running backs who are going to go in the first round, they're early down running backs with a receiving skill set. When that happens, those are the running backs. And if a running back is going to go in the first round, besides B. John Robinson, I think it's Zach Charbonnet. But I don't think he's going in the first round. I just don't see a, a, a receiver as a running back who's going to get his, you know, five to eight targets a game, but get, you know, 
seven to 10 carries. I don't see that as a first round guy. Now, the point that can be made, as I said earlier, there are not a lot of what we'd call close to slam dunk players in this draft. So there are players who are going to move up because of that. The league stance on running backs is going to lend to myself to saying it's going to be tough. Certainly could see it, but it's going to be tough. Uh, uh, real quick, I was just looking at the uh, draft odds on on DraftKings. Which player? Well, I'm sorry. Which team will take said players? You go to draft team specials, then team to draft player. Right now, Quinton Johnston for the Chargers only plus two hundred. Nobody else is than plus eight hundred from that range. So something might be uh, afoot when it comes to Quinton Johnston going to the Chargers. Yep. Unfortunately, and and this well, I guess fortunately for me and uh, any betters who read my article yesterday, Jameer Gibbs plus 350 to go to the Bengals. Uh, I had that listed yesterday as plus 1,000. First position the Bengals draft was a running back. So now that's at plus 350. Really, really, really interesting. Um, and I disagree in the in the extent that a team like the Bengals specifically makes sense to invest in a guy like Jameer Gibbs, having lost Samaj P. Ryan to the Broncos. No idea what, what the status of Joe Mixon's going to be. You can sign a Zeke or Kareem Hunt or whatever else to, to get those carries. But what the Bengals offense is missing is somebody who is uniquely gifted at both running and receiving. And for a late first round pick for a team that doesn't have a lot of needs, that really fits the Bengals quite well. And that the draft odds are so significantly in favor of that too. I don't know if DraftKings is reading my articles per se or yours uh, uh, with the Quentin Johnson stuff, but somebody might be onto something uh, when it comes to Jameer Gibbs at plus 350 now after being just one uh, plus 1,000 yesterday. Uh, that was more or less all of my top betting options. Again, Christian Gonzalez under picking eight and a half. That seems to be in favor. Uh, same with Devon Witherspoon, you kind of mentioned as well too. Uh, Jameer Gibbs and the Bengals taking a running back plus 1,000. Quinton Johnson under 26 and a half. That's now almost minus 200. And then Will Anderson also significantly in favor as going the first defensive player selected. Is there any other bets that you liked quite a bit as well? Uh, just from this day one options. I will do one last one before we're out. Total quarterbacks drafted in the first round under 4.5. Yesterday it was minus 130. Today, minus 145. So it's not like the market starting to agree with that a little bit. But the odds are not egregious. It all depends on your thoughts on Hendon Hooker. I honestly don't feel he is a first-round quarterback. I feel he's more of a borderline starter, backup type, project, 25 years old, has a skill set, but there's a lot of things. I don't see a team needing to get him on a five-year under-control situation, and I think he falls out of that first round. That's my thought. Yeah, I I think I'm more uh, optimistic about Desmond Ritter than a lot of people are, but I don't see a significant difference between Ritter and Hennon Hooker, and Ritter's significantly younger as well, too. So I, I completely agree with you. To your point, Jim, um, on DraftKings, the odds yesterday for Hendon Hooker to go in the first round were minus 300. You can't you can't say, no, I don't think he will. They don't give you odds for that. It's just a list of players who are going to be in the first round or consider at minus 300. Right now, his odds today, plus 115. That's possibly one of the biggest jumps we've seen that we've been discussing of all the bets. So to your point, if you don't believe Hendon Hooker is a first-round pick, you can't bet that on his page specifically, but you can take the under on four-and-a-half quarterbacks in the first round, which is also moving, moving positively uh, in that regard too. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I love the prop bet stuff. I've been doing that article now for the past three years with John, uh, and we've had a lot of success year one. 
not so much year two. It certainly seems like we're trending in a positive direction here for year three. We'll have to see. We'll talk about more. I will be uh, fist bumping and, and celebrating every time I get one of those right. We're on the YouTube show later today together. Uh, and there'll be a lot more to come. I just will tell people right now, because you're listening to this because you like betting uh, on, on draft stuff. Day two bets have been easily the most lucrative throughout my career of doing this, both writing, uh, possibly putting action down. Like it, it's, we, we now have some of the tape. We have some of the playbook of what teams are targeting and everything else. And the more information you get, the easier you are to be able to make decisions. So I, I have found day two and sometimes when they offer day three with how big gambling has been over the last year and a half, two years that I would be shocked if day three is also not a, a widespread on DraftKings. Look at a lot of those things. We might be tweeting those out. There might be articles coming out uh, from from fair props for day two and day three. I have no idea, but uh, that has been a very, very lucrative market over the past couple of years. And I, and I think it will continue to be so once we have more information dialed up from day one. So finally, Joe, join us tonight on the RotoWire live draft watch party. You can catch us on RotoWire YouTube. If you need a direct link to that, you can get it on the RotoWire homepage on Twitter. Um, you can find it on my page on Twitter at Jim Coventry Development. It's pinned. Joe, I don't know if it's on your page or not. I should pin it. I'm so bad at social media. I, I'm I'm way too young to be as bad as I am on it, but I, I will take care of that by the end. Before we do have our draft special, that will be also on the top of my uh, Twitter page as well, too. Yeah, so please join us for that. We would love to see you there. And I just appreciate everybody hanging with us. It's going to be a great time at the draft tonight. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. This has been really a buildup. Obviously, you and I have been doing this podcast now for a number of weeks every Wednesday, just getting to this point, getting to day one, uh, getting to see what's going to happen at number two, really, again, will be Will Levis, will be CJ Stroud, uh, will be anybody else, right? And that's, that's kind of the fun of this. And um, with how ambiguous the draft seems to be for day one, there's going to be a lot of excitement. So tune in on our uh, RotoWare YouTube show. Uh, follow Jim throughout the entire day. Not only are I'm, I'm sure you're going to be talking about stuff, you're going to be tweeting about plenty of things. I'm sure you're going to have a Snapchat thing going on as well too. We're going to have some TikToks. There's going to be like 14 different platforms you're going to see Jim's face on over the course of the 24 hours. And you're like, how is that even possible? We're going to invent some social media thing just to make sure Jim is out there even more. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to be with you on later tonight, uh, Jim. And I'm hoping that we get tons of people uh, listening and tuning in and agreeing, disagreeing, getting angry at us, talking about the bets maybe they listened to us discuss earlier today. All that, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Best of luck for your teams, and uh, let's get at it for the NFL Draft.